The real question isn't, does it look like Soren, Sam? The real question is, does, does it, it smell, smell like, like Soren? Soren? Right. I knew, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> I love the Fiji smell. back everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam it's it's mail time it's review time i feel like we Yay. need to go like mail time mail time let's reach into my <laughs> mailbag and pull out a listener review and this one comes from mr paul thornton i believe uh, it's actually labeled the joy of cruising not just got, not just be. for yeah it's got to be let me get the review out, Sam. <laughs> it's from the joy of cruising. It reads, not just for DCL fans. I have only been on one DCL cruise, but I'm a huge cruising fan. The appeal of DCL duo is that their guests are often cruise personalities that are not exclusive to DCL who I am familiar with, or the topic is a general one that I have interest in. And Sam and Brian are such good interviewers and seamlessly interact with their guests. So there you go, Sam. Oh, wow. Soak it in. Soak in the accolades. And for all of our <laughs> listeners out there, if you leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air at the top of the show as a big thank you to you for leaving that review. So thank you, yeah. Paul. Thank you, Paul. We appreciate it. We are in awe of you and your interview skills. So thanks. Yeah, Paul's show is a great one, by the way. If you love hearing from general cruise personalities, head over to the Joy of Cruising podcast. Pick up all three volumes of The Joy of Cruising, Volume 3, featuring the DCL duo. And yeah, Paul is a great, great interviewer. We love listening to Paul's show and reading Paul's books. But we have our own exciting topic tonight, our own exciting cruise personality with us. Right, Sam, you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely. We are so excited to welcome Colin to the show. He has not been a guest on our show before, but he did this like four week extravaganza with DCL that included a cruise from Vancouver all the way over to Honolulu with, of course, stops in between at several Hawaiian islands, and then paired it with the back-to-back Trans-Pacific Crossing from Honolulu all the way to Sydney, Australia. And of course, had to spend some time in Sydney thereafter, touring around Australia, I should say. Well, but that's, we can't pack everything into this show. So we're going to try and do this as a, a highlights show for the most part. But before we do that, first, I got to say, welcome, Colin. Thank you. I've listened to for a long time and happy to be on for, for to talk about something exciting. Yeah, I think this is like pretty, I mean, I don't know that anyone can say that they've got more of a bucket list cruise than this because this is two bucket list cruises <laughs> in back to back and really long itineraries as well. But before we dive into that, Colin, we've got to ask you, how many cruises have you been on and has it just been with Disney Cruise Line or with other cruise lines as well? So before kids, I had been on two cruises on different cruise lines, Princess when I was a teenager and all in America as a newlywed. But it's all been Disney since we started cruising in 2018. And this was uh, cruise six and seven for my wife and I. So this and it was five and six for our daughter. Awesome. Now you guys are now gold cruisers. So welcome to the gold cruising family. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Well, tell us you have two kids. Tell us what their ages are and talk to me first about the decision to do this long or these two long itineraries with school age kids. Good question. So our son is 14 and he's on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. He, he, the first cruise we actually took was 
shortly after we pulled him out of school, before he was diagnosed, he was having an absolute awful time in school, really struggling with his teachers at the time. And we pulled him out of school, decided to homeschool him that year, you know, get him tested and all this kind of thing. And we decided to take a family vacation because there was a lot of stress. He was feeling a lot of stress. We were due for a vacation anyway. And, and anyway, we ended up booking a Disney cruise. We went and saw a local travel agent and they suggested Disney cruise. We took a Disney cruise and we were hooked. The, the development we saw in him on that cruise and our daughter too, you know, Disney cruise line, the Disney cruise ship and be able to drop your kids off at the, at the kids club, knowing they've got uh, fantastic childcare people there. Many of them have experience with kids with special needs. It was very, such a very good experience for all of us and, you know, expose the kids to a bigger world, right? I think that from my own experience, when I was a child, you know, we didn't take a lot of, like we didn't take regular family vacations, not like we had a summer vacation that we always took or something like that. Mm -hmm. When we did take vacations, usually it was a big vacation and we usually took some time out of school. And I know that for myself, it was never, I never was too worried about the schooling I missed. I was always... The, the memories and the education of the travel had a much bigger impact on my life than what I would have missed in school for those two or three or even four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, a learning experience to do a particularly this long of a cruise and then obviously trip in Australia. I mean, the amount that the kids learn about different cultures, about different places, you can do a little geography, you can work in some history. Theater and the international dateline. Exactly. (laughs) Well, well, and I'd say too, like for us, because our our son is on the spectrum, we've said that on the show before, like one of the things that I like is that he's getting practice in different settings with like social skills and, you know, other things. And so... And independence, yeah. Yeah, because the, you know, for kids on the spectrum, the routine, like, be, like, oh, I know this is the rule in this setting for this thing, but put them in a new setting and suddenly they don't know the rules anymore. And so it's, it's just helping him understand how to navigate some of those yeah, social situations. They always try new foods when we travel. They always <laughs> not, not our not ours. Yeah, he <laughs> only eats Mickey's cheese. mac and cheese, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting. My daughter is the same way. She always had mac and cheese at dinner, but, but you know, after the first uh, seven or eight days of that, she started trying new things. And now ah. she's a big fan of a couple of other things. So, Oh, I love that. And you said she's 11. Is that right? She's 11. Yeah. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Well, okay. So tell us, how did you land on these two cruises? Other than the fact that obviously the one that leaves out of Vancouver is close about an hour from where you live, right? Right. Yeah. But tell us why these itineraries for you. Well, when we saw the, when we saw that the wonder was going to go to Australia, you know, and I'd personally never been south of the equator. No one in our family had, my wife hadn't either. And so we, we definitely wanted to get in on that. Of course, initial booking, it it sold out before it got to gold. I think there was actually a couple of interior cabins available, but I didn't want to do a 13-night a cruise on an interior cabin. So then, but we had uh, Kimberly from My Path Unwinding uh, watching for uh, openings to come up. And so when, when a, a veranda cabin came up, she grabbed that for us. We knew we definitely wanted to do that cruise. And then the timing just kind of worked out. In July, this big deal I'd been working on went clean. And so it was an opportunity to then, it was going to close in September. So I knew that we could go on the, on the cruise from uh, Vancouver to Honolulu. And so we, we booked that and 
fortunately, we were actually able to get the same cabin back to back. Oh, that's amazing. So you, at that point, I guess when you first booked the cruise, you were planning to potentially fly to Honolulu first and then yeah. sail. Yeah. yeah, we would have, we we had a couple nights or a night booked that maybe would add a couple nights to that, but get there at least the day before and, and then board the ship. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dive in then. I think we got to start, of course, with your extra- extravaganza of booking. <laughs> and I say that because you've got a 13 night and then how many nights was the Trans-Pacific? Or uh, that one was 13 nights. Yeah. Two Sydney was 13 nights. Two Hawaii was 10 nights. Okay. So 10 nights and then 13 nights. Well, I think, I think, the, I think the real question here is, we know you used a travel agent our show sponsor. Shout out to Kimberly at My Path Unwinding Travel. Kimberly, we need to have you on the show. How Do you, do you have a sense of how hard it was to get the same room on both sailings? Because that Trans-Pacific sailing would have been incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm curious, did, did were you, I know you were able to snag the same room, but do you have a sense of how hard it was to get the same room? Yeah, it was actually a little more complicated than that. So we, like I say, Kimberly snagged the the, Trans- the Trans-Pacific, the, the Hawaii to, to Sydney sailing for us. And then when I decided to book the Hawaii to, or the uh, Vancouver to Hawaii leg, that's when we tried to then align to get the the same room. How did that work out? Kimberly, so you didn't, you didn't you didn't book them at the same time? They, no, no, they were okay. booked, they were booked a few months apart. Yeah, I, I only uh, I only booked the 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 Hawaii leg in early August or end of end of July, like right at the right at the beginning of August, I guess it was. So, oh wow. Yeah, that was, oh, can I circle back to that? I'm trying to remember the the details, but there was actually a little more to it than that. Actually, there was another family in our Facebook cruise group that was looking to like try and get on the, on the Australia Lake. They were trying to get cabins that were adjoining, right? And anyway, so we, we kind of said, well, we're okay with moving if it, you know, if we could get the cabin beside us. Ultimately, all those people were in the Facebook group. So it involved like moving three different cabins around. <laughs> And then I was able to get oh the same goodness. cabin. And then, and then we ended up moving our cabin again anyway to get the same cabin. It was available on both legs. And, and like I booked the Vancouver leg myself with a placeholder that I had. And so then I once I got my cabin and, and the basically they said, this cabin's available on the next leg. Your your agent just has to phone in and get it and get it assigned to you. So oh wow. That's amazing. Wow. That's a lot of coordination for sure. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk the booking extravaganza because you've got, you know, 10 nights, 13 nights, and you've got all kinds of things to book ahead of time. We obviously, we don't need to go into everything that you booked on board or, but I'm curious as to whether it was difficult to book things on board, you know, that far, you know, far in advance, but your, your gold status, I imagine there were some pearls and some platinums, but, but it's a lot of days. So it, was it hard to book things? So the, you know, the, originally the, the, the Australia cruise booked up, basically booked up at platinum. Like I said, by the time it got to gold booking date, there were a few inside cabins available later. Obviously some people, you know, decided to do something different, canceled their, their cabin and and we were able to get a, a veranda, but it was same thing on, excursions and you know onboard activities mostly sold out by the time it got to gold booking dates and so you know we weren't too too worried about that we did get a snorkeling excursion in fiji and we did a, a bird sanctuary tour in new caledonia we were able to get those uh, i did get a, 
a booking for a Apollo brunch. We ended up actually canceling that. I can get into that later, but yeah, we, you know, we, we were happy with what we got, but we definitely didn't have first choice. A lot of things were sold out by the time it got to our booking date. Wow. All right. Well, let's, let's start with the first leg. We're going to talk highlights, of course, from this Vancouver to Hawaii leg of the trip. Tell us how was embarkation process? You're in Vancouver. I know it's a, it's a familiar port for Disney Cruise Line. I imagine it's probably pretty smooth at that point in the season. Yeah, Vancouver seemed to go pretty smoothly. It didn't really, you know, it was as we had sailed to Vancouver once before on a, a relocation cruise to San Diego. Um, that was in 2019, so pre-COVID for whatever that difference makes. But uh, yeah, it seemed like it was pretty smooth. Yeah, I don't really have much no, nothing, to say about that. Yeah, Sorry, nothing. No, no, that's great. Nothing it's, extraordinary. We, we, stayed at the, we stayed across the street at the Pacific Rim, the Fairmont Pacific Rim. It's a hotel we stay at quite often when we're in Vancouver. And uh, unlike the... Like they have to drive you over with the luggage, but they have a, a courtesy vehicle they do that with. Whereas I think if you stay at the waterfront, which we did before, there they transfer your luggage. You basically just walk over the over to the port. Same mm-hmm. thing. I think if you stay at the Pan Pacific, they just transfer your luggage downstairs and and you walk down. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, an uneventful embarkation port or, or boarding process is, I think, what we always hope for. Yeah, and, cool. you know, they had just done the entire Alaska season. So I can't imagine unless they had a computer glitch that anything should be. Right. They were out of dry dock for a few days. That's right. So the ship actually came over the night before. And I would say we got access to our cabins a bit quicker than mm. you would normally experience because I think most of the cabins were made up by the time the ship got over to Vancouver. Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point. The Wonder had just come out of dry dock. Now, of course, we we heard about the dry dock and some updates that were done on board. I'm curious. A lot of it, I think, was technical stuff. But I'm curious from the guest perspective, what were things or was there anything that you noticed that was different? I mean, could you notice that the screens were better or did you notice any any spaces uh, in particular that were you know updated in some way? Yeah, the last time we had been on the Wonder was September 2022 mm-hmm. uh, on the DVC member cruise. So, you know, I, I heard the, the screen, what we call the funnel vision was, was replaced or upgraded. I don't know. I, it, you know, it worked, it worked well. The sound system, <laughs> I think was louder than I remember it. Yeah. Uh, but we heard they upgraded the sound system. Yeah. The sound system up on deck nine, you know, it was, you could really hear it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. it D- uh, Disney is all about big, big sound right now. Yeah. Loud, loud, loud. Yeah. 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 I think they did some engine upgrade type stuff as well. Of course, I think that had to do with emissions or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was some emission stuff in, I don't know if it was Australia or New Zealand in particular, but they need to do some some stuff there. They also made the mast, they made the mast collapsible too. One of the masts can fold down now. Yeah. That's right. Was there anything in particular? Did, oh, did you notice they added a jewelry store? They added over by shutters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they did. They, they, kind of the, the number of screens and shutters. I'm not sure if it's less screens or they just sort of compress them into a smaller mm-hmm. area, but there's less screens, I think, and, and a smaller area for shutters. And there's this big jewelry display there. We walked by it a lot, didn't spend a lot of time there. Yeah, it's the same. So they did that on the Magic yeah. in its dry dock. And so it's. I think it's like, I haven't seen it on the Wonder yet, but I, I imagine it's exactly the same as what they did on. And the it's app. not like there's not a big enough jewelry counter inside a white caps <laughs> thing. I think, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, of course, the big thing that everyone was talking about was the Wi-Fi upgrade. 
So they've got the they've got the same Wi-Fi that some of the other ships have now, I guess, or maybe they're the last ship to get it. Yep, they were the last ship to yeah. get it. Everybody else has it now. Yeah. Yeah. So so the you know pay per day rather than pay per megabyte or whatever. So and and that I I appreciated that because I did have like I said they had this deal closed, but sort of had some some work to keep keep up to date on during the trip. So yeah, yeah, that, makes that was sense. that was good. Awesome. Well. That's, I think, helpful for folks to know. There weren't major things, but the Wi-Fi is a major thing, I think, for a lot of yeah. people. And so Sea Treasures, Treasures was boarded up. Oh, so, that's right. Okay. So apparently apparently that's because uh, what, what I heard on, I went, I took the, the Art of the Theme Show tour. Mm-hmm. And when we went past there to, to the Crown and Finn, I asked about it. And they said, they said, yeah, it's boarded up because we've got a bunch of storage back there. Apparently, we heard it was merchandise storage, actually. Yeah. So Sea Treasures, for those who are listening who don't know, is a, a small boutique. It's mostly sells like the kids' costumes, like the little, the princess dresses and even pirate outfits and things like that. It's right outside of, next to the pub, actually. And so it is, it was boarded up, but they were, as I heard, we were using it to store merchandise because they didn't have suppliers or or it's unreliable to be able to ship the stuff to New Zealand and Australia. So the merchandise that they sell on board in all of the stores, they needed to have like a much bigger stock of that stuff than they normally have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not just merchandise, but it sounded like craft supplies and things like that. Oh. But for the whole for the whole Australia season, they just didn't have I guess, you know, the established shipping uh, mm-hmm. procedures and routes to to get everything there at the times they needed it during the Australia yep. season. So they kind of had to take a lot of stuff with them. Yeah, that makes sense because it does take a really long time to ship anything to Australia and New Zealand. And unless you've got your, you know, commercial retailer or something that has already those sort of chains set up, it's going to take a really long time. At least I know as a a civilian, if I mail something and we have some friends in New Zealand, it (laughs) takes weeks to, I sent them a Christmas card, I think uh, a couple of years back. Yeah, it's costly. And it's I just love that you're opining here based on your experience sending a Christmas card about international shipping but okay well okay. listen it's very far away brian okay it's very far well let's let's S- dive into S- samantha ladies and gentlemen our logistics expert <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> i'm gonna change careers <laughs> anyway let's dive into talking about the ports colin on this on this hawaii itinerary obviously you've got a lot of days at sea do you stop anywhere before from the time you leave vancouver to the time you hit your first port in hawaii are there any ports in between <laughs> Five glorious days at sea. And then, I love it. And then four very action-packed port days. Yeah, yeah. That we did one Hawaii itinerary on a on celebrity cruises, celebrity cruise line years ago, and it was exact. It was that, but it was an out and back. But so it was like several guess, days. Yeah. I guess when they come the other way, it's it's the opposite: four port days and then five sea days. So yeah. I don't know which is better. I, yeah. Five sea days was was not too many. Four port days back to back was a bit much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better if you do a there and back because then you've got three yeah, days again on both ends, right? To yeah, relax after that crazy port days. Okay, so what was your first port in Hawaii? Our first port in Hawaii was the Big Island, Hilo. So it's it's the rainy side, but we were pretty fortunate. We had sunshine when we got there, which is not every day in in Hilo for sure. Yeah, they get a lot more rain. I can't remember the statistics, but it's several times the amount of rain, like like 40 times the amount of rain that the other side of the island gets. Yeah. 
And they might actually get, I think they get more rain than we get here in Seattle, actually. I'm going to have to look that up. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Maybe more, uh, probably not more than Ketchikan. I think Ketchikan's the the rainiest city in the U.S. or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. They get a lot of rain. They measure it in feet there, right? So. (laughs) All right. Well, tell us, what did you guys get up to in Hilo? So we we didn't have a port excursion booked through DCL. Like, Like I said, there wasn't. We've been to the Big Island several times, so we've been to the volcano and all that and didn't really feel like doing the 45-minute drive each way to go see the volcano. It wasn't a super long uh, port stop either. We were out of there at like 4 in the afternoon, I think, or something like that. It was it was fairly early. So we what we did do is I booked ahead on the Hoppa On, Hoppa Off bus. So it's not as uh, commercial as the as the buses that you get in a lot of the other major cities. So there's they've got kind of a local version of it. Um, but we did a, a tour. It went to the Big Island Candy Store, which was one of the places we wanted to hit. And then it went to Japanese Garden. I can't, don't ask me to pronounce the name of it. It's a famous <laughs> Japanese garden. And then to Rainbow Falls. Awesome. I think those were the three big stops on that tour, uh, which was cool. It was pretty cheap. I think it was like 50 bucks a person. It was pretty, pretty reasonably priced. And then it included like shuttle transfers to downtown or the beaches for the rest of the day. So yeah, that was pretty nice. And you know, I'd recommend it for sure. The, the shuttles ended up not being super reliable. We ended up grabbing a taxi back to the ship later after we did some shopping downtown. But mm-hmm. the the tour was great and the price was great. So so no complaints there. That no sounds yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, what was your second port stop in Hawaii? So the second port stop was actually Honolulu, so Oahu. And we did a Circle Island tour. We booked that through DCL. It was actually more of a figure eight that they did around the island. They kind of <laughs> went south through Waikiki to the blowhole, which again, I can't remember the name of it. And then did a stop over on the east side of the island at like a basically like a bathroom stop essentially mm-hmm. uh or washroom or restroom or toilet depending on which part of the world you're in <laughs> but they did a stop there and you know you could all, they also had a few different restaurants there a little strip mall right and then back through the tunnel through the mountain over to the honolulu side up to the dole plantation and then i stopped for lunch the name is escaping me but the town just north of the dole plantation kind of on the north side of the island and then around the was it Halewa? Halewa, yeah, that's it. I think, yeah, Halewa, yeah. beautiful little town. That was a cool stop. We've we've we'd been there once before, but they've got some nice coffee shops, some great lunch places, mm-hmm. and a lot of cool shops there. My wife ended up buying a, a little piece of art there. Yeah, and then continued around the north side over to the east side again, and then stopped at the Biodin Japanese Temple there. Oh, cool! Uh, it's actually in in a graveyard it's kind of yes we've been there we drove there ourselves we did a shaka tour with a rental car and we it took us there we were like where are we yeah it was really actually yeah Yeah. and they and for a couple bucks you could get some fish feed and feed these giant koi in the ponds Mm -hmm. there my daughter actually fed this this big black goose or or swan or something i don't know if it's just one i can't remember we saw so many animals on this trip that was like a month ago now or more than a month ago. What? And so then, and then back to a lookout before going back through the tunnel and back to the ship. Awesome. So it was like an eight hour tour. Yeah. So a long day kind of action packed. Yeah. And the port stop was the port stop that day. I think we had like 11 or 12 hours in port. It was, it was like, we weren't leaving port till 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually left a bit later than 10. They had, 
some logistical issues loading the fireworks for the for pirate night, which was going to be the next night. Mm-hmm. So I guess they had the fireworks shipped to Hawaii to to load on the ship, and but then the uh, the Aloha Tower, which is where we were docked wouldn't allow them to be boarded there. So they ended up boarding them from a little cargo vessel that actually pulled up beside the ship as we were leaving, or just after we left the, the Honolulu port. And they loaded them by hand. And I know this because it was right below our cabin. Yeah. I got video, I got video you got video of it. I, yeah. I remember you posted the video in our Facebook group. And that was yeah. awesome to see. It was just like a very unusual delivery of fireworks. Yeah, actually, and they did the same thing when we left Honolulu on the way to Sydney as well. They yeah. loved the fireworks that same way. Oh, wow. And, and again, right underneath our cabin because we had the same cabin. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Now, did you get to kind of just walk around Honolulu a little bit once your tour was over? We could have. We ended up, my wife and I ended up grabbing an Uber and going to a drugstore and uh, grabbing some things that we needed. So Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. going to be, you're gone and it's not like you can buy things any, yeah, I mean, the, the ship. Yeah. The other ports were, the other ports were all, we didn't know the other ports as well. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, so we, we grabbed what we needed there. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What is your next port stop in Hawaii? This will be port number three. Yeah. So port number three was Nawili Willy. It's on Kauai. And my wife and I have been to Kauai once before. We booked again. So this was a place where we couldn't get an excursion for all three of us. To, mm-hmm. So there's, I don't know if I mentioned before, only three of us were on this cruise. Oh. Um, I, so yeah, so we, our, our son for the, we, we ended up grabbing a second cabin, an inside cabin for the mm-hmm. second cruise, the cruise to Sydney. And my son and my wife's mother and sister were going to join us for that cruise. Awesome. So they actually got to Hawaii the same day that we were in Honolulu, mm-hmm. but they got there like an hour, their plane landed an hour before our cruise was departing. <laughs> Well, you were going to see them in a few days anyway, right? No big deal. Right. So we were only going to, you know, it was going to be a few days. So anyway, but so, so there were only the three of us on this part of the cruise. So in the Willy Willy, we had, we weren't able to get an excursion with all three of us on the same excursion. Mm-hmm. My wife, my daughter and I did the Fern Grotto tour mm-hmm. and that was booked through DCL. And my wife wanted to get some Kauai coffee. So she actually did a coffee and rum tour like they went to a coffee plantation and a rum plantation or like where they made rum yeah a rum distillery yeah yes right and, and coffee roaster and so uh, yeah so she got some coffee and some rum and some tastings and and she had a lot of fun she met some other people from the cruise obviously through the through dcl again yeah, yeah. awesome and how was the fern grotto it was interesting. It was, it, it, I think there, and we this feedback was given to DCL by us and a few other people. Some of the descriptions weren't completely up to date. Like they said, they mm-hmm. stopped at Hilo Hatties, but apparently Hilo Hatties hasn't been in business since at least the pandemic. Oh. So a little bit of out to date. That wasn't a big deal for me The you know, I didn't really need to go shopping. There was a free shuttle to go to some stores to buy souvenirs if you wanted to do that. We actually did do that after the tour. We went over to the shops and, and there was a little beach there as well. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good stop. And, and the Fern Grotto, yeah, Fern Grotto was neat. We went, there's this family has owned this business. there, running these unique boats. They're kind of like barges with like people, you know, covered and whatever, but barges that with like a pusher mm-hmm. uh, engine, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, they've been running this business for generations there. It's all family owned and run. And they take you up to this 
beautiful sort of tropical jungle and to this fern grotto. They used to go inside the cave, mm-hmm. but the, so I learned this, like, I don't know, the description again sounded like we were going to go inside the cave. We didn't. We we went into the grotto, which is sort of like the entrance to the cave, gotcha. sort of this big like amphitheater. And there's kind of this cool ac- ac- acoustics there. Apparently they do a lot of weddings there or they have in the past done a lot of weddings there. And they had like, they had some Hawaiian singing and, and hula dancing and they did a Hawaiian wedding song for the guests up there. It was, it was a really neat tour. I, I enjoyed it. I'd do it again. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. What was port number four, your last port before, I guess, docking in Honolulu for yeah, so disembarkation, back- embarkation day? Right. So we went back to, so then we went south again to Maui mm-hmm. and that night was supposed to be pirate night. It was pirate night. We did have pirate night. We were supposed to have fireworks, but there was some kind of technical problem. They weren't able to get the fireworks to to shoot off. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, after, I don't know, 45 minutes of trying, they Finally announced, sorry, this isn't going to happen tonight. But Maui was our next stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in Maui, we had not booked an excursion. The the good excursions had all been booked. And, you know, I hadn't actually even booked anything up until a couple days before. What I did do is I reserved a a rental car, a Jeep. And we thought, well, we'll just go drive around the island. Yeah. My daughter had made a friend with a a single mom. Two of them were going to join us for this, for this little self-excursion. They hadn't booked anything either. I think for them, it was actually their first Disney cruise. So. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a long one to book as your first one. (laughs) Well, I I told them, I said, you're kind of spoiled for it now. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. It's harder to book better than this. Yeah. Well, you either love it or hate it at that point. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, No, they were enjoying it for sure. But yeah, so then, so we, but, that morning, we got the news that my mother-in-law, uh, they, after they landed in Hawaii, she was kind of feeling a little sick and a little, like getting a cold kind of thing. And so she took a COVID test and was tested positive. So, oh, no. So we're scrambling at that point going, well, now what, right? And so, you know, she had health insurance. We had, we had booked... Uh, we had paid for insurance for their cruise, third party, not not through DCL, because we kind of missed the point, missed that on DCL. I did not afford it on DCL, but I, I had I had signed them up for the insurance for the cruise. So yeah, so we we spent the first few hours on the ground in Maui on the phone with Kimberly. Of course, she's like six hours time difference for us, right? But you know, she's coordinating with DCL because because she tested positive, and because. My son and my and, and uh, my wife's sister were traveling with her, so they were now exposed. Uh, DCL said they had to; they would have to all cancel. So, uh, canceled the cruise for the next cruise for all three of them. Uh, we had to, of course, arrange somewhere for them to stay in Hawaii till they could, till you know, till they, they could fly back. Yeah, till they could fly back or or fly on to Australia, which is what they ended up doing. So yeah, that took a bit of time. Fortunately, my daughter was able to go to the beach with uh, with her friend and her mom. And once we kind of got that all sorted out, we did do part of the drive to ha- to Hannah, Hannah, mm-hmm. Hannah, H A N A, Hannah. It's a big, it's a famous loop tour that they do on Maui. I guess it takes about eight hours if you do a bunch of the stops. I think you can drive it in four. But um, 
So we only got part of the way, but we did go to this beach where we saw uh, more turtles on that beach than I've ever seen probably cumulative in my life before that. And like I said, I have snorkeled in Hawaii a number of times, so it's not like I haven't seen turtles, but like 30, 40 turtles on this one. Oh my goodness. That sounds Uh, amazing. Yeah. And it was at sundown. So that was kind of fun. We got some pictures of that. And and then we stopped at, uh, I think it's called Pia. In uh, just south of there, got some ice cream, and then went back to the ship. Um, we didn't end up doing a whole ton of touring on Maui, sure. but uh, but we did see see a beach, and we did uh, see some turtles, and you know, I, I saw enough to know I'm going to go back to Maui someday because that was my first time ever being to Maui. Oh, awesome! Well, I'm sorry to hear that they all had the the three joiners didn't get to join that they had. Yeah. To all. So instead but- they had to go and stay at the Trump Waikiki <laughs> um, in a three bedroom suite for the next few days. <laughs> oh, it sounds terrible. <laughs> to Australia. Yeah. But Kimberly was great. She, she sorted out, she got a, got a room organized next door because they were at Alani. Mm-hmm. They had a couple nights at Alani there before, before the cruise. And then, of course, Alani was sold out with a lot of people were staying there before the Australia cruise. Right. And it's, you know, kind of a busy time anyway there, I think. So, yeah, probably a lot of people getting off of your cruise and gonna, just going to Alani for, you know, who aren't heading to Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. A lot of people were having a an Alani stay either before or after the respective cruises. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they were at Alani in a studio, right? The three of them. Only one of them is testing positive. Only one of them is having any symptoms. So we wanted to get them isolated to make, you know, limit the ability for it to spread. So Kimberly was able to get them a, a, I think it's the Marriott right beside Alani, able to get a room for our son Xander and and and, uh, sister-in-law Heidi Mm -hmm. at the um, Marriott beside for that night. And then the next night, get them all moved over to Waikiki. To the Trump Waikiki, yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, she, I mean, I would have been on the phone all day if it hadn't been for Kimberly taking care of a lot of those details for us. Yeah. Well, this is a, an excellent plug for travel insurance. Absolutely. Even if you don't book it through Disney, just yeah. find the, a good policy of travel insurance and for a travel agent, frankly, you, you literally, insurance too. Yeah. oh yeah. Travel health insurance. Yeah. 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 Great, great call there too, great as well. Care. Yeah. So, Colin, I, I hate to segue us because we could talk about obviously this cruise for another probably hour, but we've got so much to talk about because you had these two amazing itineraries. So let's dive into your your Australia cruise, your Honolulu to Australia, I should say, cruise. Um, you embark from Honolulu that you had just been to a couple of days prior. We're going to talk ports first, but then we'll circle back to talk about some of the special onboard activities and sort of highlights from the cruise. So let's start with, obviously, you, you debark from Honolulu. What is your first port of call on this Trans-Pacific crossing? So the first port of call was Pongo Pongo in American Samoa. We did not have an excursion booked for that day. All the really good stuff was booked a bit ahead of time. So we we ended up just getting off the ship, doing some shopping. Oh, I will say, first of all, as we're coming into port, and we were really lucky we were on the right side of the ship for this, but the starboard side, which is also the right side of the ship, I guess. But uh, we were on the on the good side I of love the that. Uh, coming So on that port day, Um. <laughs> Coming into port, before we were even docked, they had all these singers and dancers out there greeting the ship, all dressed in red, which I guess is a, 
a traditional celebration color or whatever. Very welcoming, that port. Oh, that's um, awesome. They also gave the the ship uh, a really beautiful plaque, like a big plate, carved carved wooden plate, you know, celebrating the, their arrival and first stop at, the, at American Samoa. So that was a cool, a cool welcome. They did a similar thing when we were leaving too, as, as everyone was lining up to get back on the ship. Again, dancing, singing. It was beautiful. So we got off the ship, went short walk into into town there. There's a market and things. We we just did some shopping. And then there's these buses. These they're kind of like these retrofitted small school buses that where they've I don't know, they ripped up the inside and, and built wooden carved tops on them and stuff and oh cool every, every one of them is unique not terribly comfortable but, <laughs> but very very festive and and interesting anyway so for 20 bucks each we got this island tour and went all down the island and back up the island and so we saw a lot of the island some of the there was like a road closure that i think kind of cut that tour a bit shorter than it would have otherwise been the bus couldn't get through there uh but but otherwise we, we got to see a lot of the a lot of the island which was neat um, American Samoa is beautiful, green, lush, uh, you know, there's a national park there. Uh, so one of the things I did is I walked up and uh, went to the national park office and, and got a, a passport with a stamp. I heard people talking about that on the, on the, Oh street. yeah. I haven't been to a lot of the American national parks. I have when I was a kid, but not recently. So, but I started with the first, with the one that's the hardest to get to. So. Yeah. <laughs> now the rest of them should be pretty easy. Yeah. So. It's pretty far away, American yeah. Samoa. So that's that sounds like an awesome port. We had heard from other folks who were on your cruise that there wasn't a whole lot in the way of excursion. So it, it actually sounds like what you did was probably the right call of all things, which is, you know, just sort of pick up a tour yeah. ad hoc. I love that. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode what was your second port of call on this trip uh, yeah so and no and no back-to-back ports this time we had we always had at least one sea day between ports and Love then we it. finished the cruise with two sea days so it was a lot of sea days three only three ports of call in you know 13 days right yeah that's um, amazing. That's like, for me, that's like cruise, cruise goals. Well, that, 13 nights, 12 days, I guess. Yeah. Well, that sparks a question for me uh, that I wanted to ask is, so we've, we've talked to another couple who did kind of this back-to-back experience, but we haven't, you know, you're the first guest we've had on who did the back-to-back with kids. How do mm. they handle all the time zone changes that you had to go through? 
or just well, one kid. Remember this. Well, yeah. Sorry, the one kid, kid. the one kid. But but how did how did they handle the time zone changes? Yeah. So I mean, it's only an hour at a time, so it's like daylight savings time, right? And and you're going back, so you're on on this direction. You're going back, so you're always getting that extra hour of sleep. It's not a shorter night; it's a longer night, right? I don't know. My daughter handled it fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. She and I handled it fine. Um, yeah. The harder question is when you fly home and then you have to adjust that one. Yeah, that was a bit more of an adjustment. But by the time we were flying home, we were flying home from New Zealand. And and because they had just dropped their daylight or just gone in, no, gone out of daylight savings time. Because no, hang on, they're going into summer. So they had just gone into daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. So the difference was only three hours. Right. Three it hours, was a full day, but three, three hours, hours plus a day. Right. right. So it's yeah. actually, it wasn't like, it wasn't as bad as you'd think, but it also was kind of mess. mess yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm only just getting back to a normal night's sleep last night, I think. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. What was port number two on this? So port number two was Suva, Fiji. Uh, all three ports actually were pretty industrial ports. Like we were port, we were docked where the, all the containers and stuff were. Um, I don't know if Suva, I think Suva, I think Fiji has another port that maybe is more cruise ship centric. You basically had to take a, a, a shuttle or a bus or a, or a taxi to go anywhere from this port. You couldn't walk out of the port. Same thing in New Caledonia. But so in Suva, we actually did have an excursion booked. Originally it was my sister-in-law, myself and my daughter were going to go snorkeling. We were able to get my wife on that snorkeling trip. She had a, a trip planned with her mom, but uh, obviously with her mom not being there, we were able to change, make that change. And so we went to the, they, they bust us over to the Pearl, the Pearl Resort. And from there, it was just a short boat ride out to this reef where we went snorkeling. And it was, it was pretty good snorkeling. I've had better in Hawaii, I would say, but it was okay. It was good. We did see a lot of fish, a lot of coral. It was amazing actually how close the coral was to the surface of the of the ocean there maybe it was because of where the tide was at that time but you couldn't actually swim over the coral because there wasn't really enough clearance to do that safely oh wow was it like um, it seems like in soren when you see it in the soren or over around the world <laughs> the fiji and soren I, yeah sorry. fiji's and soren yeah uh, yeah i don't know i don't really recall <laughs> fiji and soren but i mean there was a lot of it did look like from shore and from the ship lots of coral so and and I, I i have read that as well that fiji actually has a lot of a lot of coral reef so i don't know if we went to the best one but we went to a fairly convenient one and then it was decent like considering that we really don't like the boat ride out there was maybe like 20 minutes or less like you could oh, wow. see the place where we were going to moor out there from the resort so the, the real question isn't does it look like soren sam the real question is does, does it, it smell, smell like, like soren right. i knew, yeah. I, knew yeah. I love the fiji smell yeah it's that boat scene with the it, it looks like a kind of like a canoe boat with rowers in it yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that, yeah yeah yeah, it's that no, yeah i didn't see the we did see a you didn't giant, see the rowers rowing i did the boat. see a giant canoe but i think that was actually in in american samoa where i saw that yeah, nice. It was now, in, it was inside. Now, did the excursion take up the whole day, or what? Or did you get to do anything else in Fiji? It was it was pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. We didn't have. I'm trying to remember now. We didn't have that long of a port stop there. We didn't do anything else. I don't remember how much time we had. You know, after we got back on board. Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, by the time we got back on board, got something to eat, and I feel like we were kind of. We were kind of uh, taken off pretty soon after that. 
Yeah. Okay. What was your final port? Of course, before you get to Sydney, but what's your final port on this Trans-Pacific? Yeah, our final, our final port was Noumea, New Caledonia. Mm-hmm. So it's a French territory, I think, is technically what they are. Lots of French-speaking people there, including our guide, spoke some French. So as a Canadian who you know had to take some French when I was in school. Yeah, did you get to brush like up on of, your... Half of our Sesame Street is always in French. So, you know, I got to practice a little bit of the little bit of French I know. And that was kind of fun. After We did this bird sanctuary tour. So a bus took us up to this bird sanctuary. Along the way, we got some cool views of the Wonder Down in Port. I wish we had stopped to take a photo, but I don't think there was really a place where the bus could pull off there. They just kind of like... If you look out your right side right now, you'll see the wonder. I was like, oh, I didn't get my camera out fast enough. (laughs) uh, It was beautiful. And again, very green, very lush, very tropical. On the way into that port, again, we were on the correct side of the ship, the starboard side of the ship. We we had like there's just a lot of island you get to see on the way in. If I think I've got this right, New Caledonia is the third largest archipelago of in the South Pacific. So oh, cool. New Zealand and Papua New Guinea are the first and second and mm-hmm. New Caledonia is the third. So it's a whole bunch of islands. I can't remember how many, but a lot of them, most of them have some habitation, but most of the people live near New Caledonia, near, near Noumea. Noumea itself has got some larger buildings, a lot more, how do you say, like first world sort of architecture and, and buildings and things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot less obvious poverty than Fiji mm-hmm. or probably American Samoa. Yeah. But the, the bird sanctuary is beautiful. Our guide, obviously French was her first language and English was her second, but she spoke good English and uh, gave us a good tour, explained a lot about the the wildlife and the birds and the, the plants that we saw along the way. They have this bird there called the Kaga bird. I think I'm saying that correctly, hopefully. And it's kind of like a kiwi bird in that it's a flightless bird and and it like you know only lays like one or two eggs a year i think oh, wow. it actually lays less eggs than a kiwi bird because i think a kiwi bird can lay up to six a year one or two a season so and uh, yeah it was very interesting so and then we had a bit of time after that uh, that was a longer port day there we had until like 7 p.m that day i think and so we had a bit of time after the tour my wife and daughter wanted to get back to the ship, but I took a shuttle over to the town. Like I say, we were in kind of an industrial port. So again, you couldn't leave the port without being on some sort of transportation, but they had a free shuttle service into town. Awesome. Uh, over to the passenger terminal, which is, I think, where some of the smaller ships maybe are able to go. Or mm-hmm. And then they've also got a ferry service from there to many of the other islands. So I went and found, because I'm you know, in a French place, so I went and found a patisserie. And, oh, uh, yeah. You got to try like some pastries, yeah, a croissant, something some, like that. Got some pastries and I got some, and then I went and found a, a espresso shop, got a nice coffee, really fancy coffee. And and actually there was a bunch of the cruise staff were in <laughs> that coffee shop enjoying some 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 coffee beverages. And Listen, you know you went to the right place yeah. if you found the place yeah. that the cruise staff was at. Yeah. That's awesome. It's interesting with, you know, 23 days or 20 yeah 23 days in total right but really only six like port days right mm-hmm. uh, six yeah six no seven port days i guess right oh yeah from the hawaii end it and was the, interesting yeah. asking some of the staff oh you know do you get some time off the, on this port or whatever and you know they all they did seem to have everyone kind of got a turn to get off the ship like on the hawaii itinerary and on the three stops on the way down to sydney so sometimes only an hour or two but 
but still I'm sure that it was appreciated and they got to to see some of these places that some, a lot of them maybe haven't seen before too. Like yeah, me. <laughs> absolutely. Well, it sounds like three amazing ports and obviously very unique, completely new for Disney Cruise Line. But we've got to talk about some of the unique stuff that happened on board the ship. Well, first you mentioned canceling Apollo brunch. And I would say that's pretty unique. And so I have to ask you what happened? Why did you cancel Apollo brunch? Well, so first of all, I had booked the, Apollo the horror, brunch. the horror that someone might yeah. not want to eat Apollo brunch. No. Sam. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> he said there was a story behind it. Brian. All right. Well, so first of all, it was first of all, I booked it for the four adults that were in our group. Sure. And there was only going to be the two of us. My wife and I have done Apollo brunch before a couple of times on prior sailings. I'm a vegetarian. She's allergic to shellfish. So it's not like we get ah. to enjoy everything they have to offer anyway. But I mean, we found plenty that we enjoyed and don't sure. get me wrong. I, I was sad about missing Paula brunch, but the main reason we canceled it is the time we had was 1130. Mm-hmm. And of course it's on a sea day. And at 1145 on sea days, they had Jason Edwards, who's a landscape uh, or not. Sorry. He's a photographer for national geographic. And it's a bit understated to say he's a photographer. I think they introduced him as the face of national geographic. Right. He's an award-winning He's an photographer award-winning, yeah. who does wildlife photography, right? Amazing wildlife photography. Also does, you know, people too. And he's from Melbourne. 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 I don't yeah. know if that's it. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> Australia. And, you know, so obviously very knowledgeable about Australia, mm-hmm. very knowledgeable about nature photography. Of course, uh, National Geographic is part of the Disney family now. And, and yeah. uh, so really a cool thing to have him on board. And my wife's really into photography. She's She's been a photographer for quite a while. I've done a bit of photography and, you know, nothing like her. But so it's been, so it was really interesting for both of us. So that was, some, yeah. that be, quickly became something that the two of us did together every sea day. You know, she likes to sleep in. I'm an early riser, so... You know, I'd grab my second breakfast, her first breakfast, <laughs> have a coffee for the her. Coffee, yeah. And then, you know, and pick up pick up breakfast for her on and and then we'd go down to do the the Jason Edwards talk. So we That's a perfectly it. valid reason, first of all. That. Honestly, when you said that you were a vegetarian and that she's allergic to shellfish, I was like, Yeah, I actually think that that in and of itself, I think would be a, a reason to skip Paulo, but it, this makes a ton of sense. Yeah. You want, you want to see these special tours. What other, what other special onboard stuff did you guys get to do? So I didn't get to do it really, but they did have anyone can cook. I watched a few of them on the stateroom TV. Those were, I think at like 1030. So, mm-hmm. and they went like an hour and a half. So they kind of overlapped with Jason's thing too. I think some people did do both. They'd leave mm-hmm. the cooking demonstration a couple minutes earlier in order to get to the Jason Edwards talk. Jason Edwards was in the Walt Disney Theater. Anyone Can Cook was in uh, D-Lounge. Mm-hmm. I also like to go to the, what do they call it? The Good Morning Disney Wonder show. So mm-hmm. it's their morning show. That was fun. They did only did that. They do it live in D-Lounge on C days. So that was always fun. I missed the first few, but then I realized how fun it was. So I, I usually did that in the mornings. On awesome. CDs. Like a morning talk show. I love it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and, and very engaging with the audience. Trent and Annie were, were great. The, the cruise director and assistant cruise director. Awesome. 
That sounds like a lot of fun. What any other? Oh, we have to talk about the crossing the equator and yeah. the international dateline, right? There's you had two crossings, right? You had an equator crossing and an international dateline crossing, right? right? So we didn't really celebrate the international dateline crossing. They mm-hmm. talked about it at the morning show the day before and the day after, but mm-hmm. they didn't really do any kind of celebration of that. They right. did do a big celebration about crossing the equator. Wait, the let cap- me ask one quick question there. So you lose a day, right? The inter- on the international Correct. dateline crossing, that's where you basically just skip a day. Yeah. So technically our, you know, our cruise ended 14 days after it started, but really right. it was only 13 nights, right? So right. because October 20, you know, that's just a day that I'll never experience. October 20th. <laughs> <laughs> we went to I bed on the 19th. That. We woke up on the 21st. So. Yeah, it was like it was like magic. That's yeah. the, I'm the, so rested after like 36 <laughs> hours of sleep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Forget about that extra hour of sleep. That extra 24 is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's talk. Sorry to interrupt you there, Colin. No, right, I, yeah. I, I thought that was just a really interesting fact yeah. that people might not realize. But yeah, let's talk about the equator party. What was that like? Yeah, so there's a maritime tradition about about crossing the equator on a ship, right? As a sailor anyway. And, you know, it's become a thing for cruise line passengers as well. And of course, this is the first time Disney's done it. First time I've done it. First time most people on board have done it, including a lot of the crew. And so they had to do something. Now, tradition on like Navy ships involves food fights and like <laughs> getting a raw, like smelly fish out and passing it around. Everyone's got to kiss the fish and stuff. So, you know, obviously they weren't going to do some of that, <laughs> but they did come up with, and, and there was no real discussion about it. Like it wasn't even something like that was on the agenda as, you know, equator crossing day or whatever. And Captain Thorne, I thought I'd say Thord, Captain Thorne, I, uh, he actually said that originally they thought they'd be crossing the equator like at midnight, but then I guess they were able to get, you know, they, they bumped that up by leaving earlier. I don't know what, how they did it exactly, but it was, it was on day three. So the third sea day, right? It's not like they had a ton of time leave after leaving Hawaii and you can on, on embarkation day, you can only leave, you know, so early, right? So they must've been just pushing the the new engines a little faster. I'm not sure. But anyway, they were able to bump it up to about 1030, I think it was, or 10, 1045 when they actually crossed the equator. So, which worked perfectly for, you know, a deck party, right? So, so that was the, the end of the day, but they had activities all throughout the day leading up to that. They did uh, a special drawing class where they, and I didn't do that, but uh, they did a special drawing class where they had Ursula, which apparently is not a character they typically will do a drawing class for. Oh, cool. They had uh, some trivia around, you know, the equator and and sort of nautical like things, things like that. And then the big event uh, in the middle of the day was the King Triton's Royal Trials of Equatorial Passage. Yeah. So, which which involved three activities. So, again, going back to some of those nautic, those uh, maritime traditions, they didn't have a food fight, but they did have a water gun fight, or they, you know, they had some kids come up and spray people with water guns. Sure. They had a limbo where basically everyone on deck nine could come around through the limbo, <laughs> through the limbo. circuit. They and then they had a kiss the fish, which they actually did. Uh, rendition of you know to the tune of kiss the girl but yeah. it was kiss the fish and they had this like cartoon fish on a stick like i don't know like half half like you know, size of a good sized child or something you know <laughs> this big like cartoony fish 
not any particular fish character from a Disney IP, but just this like green fish that had big lips on it and stuff. And oh, I uh, heard it maybe was similar to the ones they use at the the Animal Kingdom Finding Nemo. It uh, could be. Yeah, that it might be one of those fish, it, which is be. still a nondescript yeah. fish. It's not like a character yeah, it wasn't something I, from Finding Nemo, but from the stage show in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't recognize it from any Disney movie per se. But yeah. but anyway, they passed this thing around and people could kiss it. You know? yeah. And yeah, and then at the end, they gave everyone certificates that, you know, a certificate that said, you know, you're, you've now been invited to be a, a shellback, golden or golden shellback, trusty shellback. You're, you're a, what is it? You're a polywog before you cross the equator and then you become a shellback or a trusty ah. shellback or something. Like that. so, <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, sounds really Signed fun. by King Triton. Some people, some people apparently got the captain to sign their certificate as well, but oh, I didn't cool. Yeah. So, nice. t- so we had, you had this deck party. Were there any other deck parties? Like, did they oh. do a regular pirate night? Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mention. So then that was in the afternoon. Oh, that then was afternoon. The, so they that was afternoon. This was like midday, like I can't like so I, midday I, deck party sort of. Yeah, like then, one o'clock sort of thing, right? Oh wow. And then or one thirty something like that. And then and then at night they did a countdown to the actual crossing. Oh, and they fun. they nailed it. They got it. They were right on the time that the captain had said the night before, mm-hmm. and they were. And they were, you know, they counted it down perfectly because myself and other people had like, you know, GPS and, and things sure. like that and, and trying to, trying to, you know, screenshot exactly when you cross the equator and they had it dead on for the, for the countdown. So that was cool. Pretty exciting. There was a lot of good energy on, on deck for that. And they had a little bit of pyrotechnics, not fireworks, but like shooting flames out the, you know, in front of the screen, you know. Awesome. That's fun yeah. vision. Yeah. And they had so, a bunch of the characters out too, like all the Fab Five and yeah, the, yeah. Were, did you get any of the any special costumes or anything that the the characters were wearing for that, or were there any? No, kinds? no, I don't think they had any special costumes for the Equator Crossing. I don't think they even had special crossing like like Australia costumes or anything. Not that I saw. Mm-hmm. To, to tell you the truth, though, we didn't really do a lot of like character meet and greets, so. You know, I'd see them sometimes in the lobby or up on deck or whatever. I didn't see a lot of unique costumes, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. No big deal, you know. So other other deck parties was your question, right? Yes, so that's they, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So they, they did have a pirate night and they did have fireworks at pirate night. And with you know, the other all the other sort of pirate night activities that they usually have, they did not have a pirate night menu, and which is fine with me. Not my favorite. <laughs> but they... They did do fireworks for Pirate Night. And then we got a preview of a show that they had developed. As I understood it, developed it for the Australia season. Because the Australia season, like most of the cruises don't have any port stops. They're just either point A to point B or point A back to point A with a couple of sea days, right? So they're pretty short cruises and basically just sea days. So they had a, what did they call it? It was a Marvel Heroes Unite. Oh, yes. They've done this on the Marvel, the Marvel Day at Sea cruises. It's actually the new deck party. It's not, it wasn't originally part of Marvel Day at Sea. It's the new addition to Marvel Day at Sea. Okay, because we did a Marvel Day at Sea cruise in May of 2023 and uh, on the Dream. And this show is different than what I remember that show being. Okay, maybe it is. And when I was, and I was chatting with Trent one night, the night when they were, trying to figure out how to get the fireworks on, sh- on the ship in Honolulu. And, and he said, you know, we've got some stuff planned for, 
for the equator day. And he said, and if we're, you know, things come together, we've got this other show that we're going to preview for you. It's a new show. So I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure if it's the same or no, it might be new. It might be, it might be new, but but in any event, they're not doing Marvel day at sea per se on the Australia uh, sailings, but they are doing this deck party apparently. So, Oh, cool. And I don't know if they're also doing pirate night or they're one or the other. I don't know, but anyway, it involved fireworks as well. So we got two shows in the fort in the 13 night sailing with fireworks, which is awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, Colin, this sounds like an amazing cruise. I have one question to wind us down here, which is just, it's a lot of time on a Disney cruise. You're probably the person that we've talked to who spent, you know, the most amount of time on a Disney cruise, but for a guy named Alan, Alan who we yeah. talked to, who spent the entire European season on a Disney cruise. Oh, really? On wow. the magic. Yeah. We've got an episode, a bonus episode back in our catalog. I want to say it's from September of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, we need to have you back. But yeah. Colin, I want to understand... Like, I don't know. Did you get sick of the food? Like, did you, were you getting bored at sea? Like, or was this just like, I was happy and loving every minute of it? So my answer to that is I could have stayed on longer. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, I like, love that answer, Colin. Yeah, I love that. Answer. But I will say this. And and this is, you know, I've, I've done the shortest cruise I've done is a four night, you know, Pacific relocation cruise. And the longest now I've done was this back-to-back, you know, 24 or 20, 23 nights, I guess, right? For me, I love being at sea. I love being on a ship, any kind of boat, frankly. And and I don't get seasick. I don't even know what that feels like, really. I've been in rough seas. The last day, on, like, we had such great weather the whole time. We had a little bit of wind between uh, Nawili Willy and uh, Maui, in fact, a lot of people on the deck were wondering if that's why the fireworks weren't going off, but they said, no, there was a technical issue because they actually turned the ship. They stopped the ship, turned it so that they could shoot off, you know, in the right direction. So the breeze wouldn't be blowing the fireworks back at the ship or whatever. But no, for me, not a problem. And, and I loved it. And did I get sick of the food? I tell you what I did. I did toward the end, start probably choosing more salads and, more just like fresh fruit, eating a little more simply, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I'm at home, heavy. most people at home don't eat as much butter and, and you know, kind of heavy, rich foods as, as they serve on a cruise ship, right? I, you know, I, the second cruise, I definitely ate a lot more porridge for breakfast, for instance, you know, and more mm-hmm. simple, just everything, right? But, but no, I could have stayed on the ship. Yeah, I, I could have, I, you know, I even started thinking like, hey, maybe I would, like, I'm at this kind of change in my career and, where, you know, I could retire, I don't need to work, but I also kind of like want to still do something. And I don't know, I could work on a cruise ship. I don't know. Not sure what job I'd be qualified for, but (laughs) whether I'd want to do the jobs I would be qualified for. But, you know, I could definitely see myself, you know, spending more time. I'd love to do like an around the world cruise or something like that. But that one's a little harder to take kids on, you know, you'd have to homeschool for that. But yeah. Well, sounds like an amazing experience. One maybe I hope we'll get to to do one day. But for now, I need to hand you back over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know as rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. Thank you. All right, Colin, you know what's what's coming. I'm going to ask you your Disney favorites, and then I'm going to ask you some Disney cruise favorites. All right, we are going to start with who is your favorite Disney character? And Disney character means anything that Disney owns. Sure. So hard to pick one, but but if I had to pick one, it's probably something from Star Wars. Probably Yoda. Nice. Yeah. All right. 
favorite Disney movie and same qualification for Disney? Endgame. Marvel's. Uh, Ooh, Avengers Endgame. That's a good yeah. movie too. Well done, All right. Movie, I think. Yeah. All right. Favorite Disney song. Oh, man. You know, I just, I really love Encanto and the surface pressure. Yes, that is the right answer. That is, that is exactly the right answer. Okay. Favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? Well, I haven't been on the Magic and I haven't been on the Wish. I love Frozen and I've seen it probably more than any of the others now. But yeah, uh, it's a great show. I love the, the, the costume transitions. Those, I still don't know how they do it, honestly. Oh, they and do. I don't know if I want to know it. Break, <laughs> break the magic. But, yeah. you know, obviously, there's there's stuff tucked up different places. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> yep. impressive every time because it's so smooth and so quick. Absolutely. And the hair changes too. They're impressive as well. Oh, definitely. I I particularly like um, Anna's hair change when she's waking up in the yeah, morning that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite Disney Cruise Line bar. Hmm. So depends whether you're choosing it based on ambiance or the drink. But I like Crown and Finn. Mm-hmm. But the what's the one on the Dream? I've only been on the Dream once. They've got a pub there. Oh, six eight seven. Yeah, yeah. I liked. I actually liked that pub better. It's smaller, mm-hmm. but it was better for trivia. <laughs> All right, I like. Although that. I don't know if they've had this. I don't know if they've always had this. But on the Wonder on in Crown and Finn, they have a bunch of screens in there. That I guess they've always had because it's been like a sports bar, right? But yeah, and they put the trivia up on the screens now. So yes, this cool. trivia and now the drawing classes too when they yeah. do them and they're up on the screens as well. So okay, yeah. Crown and Finn. All right. Okay. Favorite rotational dining. Animator's palette. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of tough to beat that one. Everyone loves animator's palette and I don't blame them and I love it too. (laughs) All right. Favorite onboard activity. Well, okay. So we didn't talk about this. So I'll talk about it now. And you only get this on the longer cruises. We did it on both of these sailings. Hide and seek with the officers. (gasps) Oh, I've heard about this. Yes. So amazing. So fun. So crazy. Everyone's running around the ship. Oh my god! You know, the first time nobody found the captain, yeah. he, was it, he was he was buying people drinks at Signals Bar. No so, way! As a, as a cruiser, like he was. In, oh, he wasn't. He was in his civilians, not yeah. in his. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what they do? What for those of you who haven't experienced this, what they do is they they come out in their dress uniforms, right? They're whites, you know. You can take pictures of them, right? They introduce them, and then they all take off, and they change into something else. Mm-hmm. It could be. Another crew uniform. It's going to have somebody else's oh, name. So tag. they could be like in cabanas. They like, could be serving yeah. fries in cabanas or they could be, you know, or at uh, a bar. Wiping, uh, yeah, they could be wi- wiping down windows right outside of D Lounge or something like that. Oh you know, both times, somebody actually changed into a, like a cruise activities, you know, yeah. the, the blue and red striped shirt, and and nobody ever found them because they stayed in D Lounge. They they oh came right goodness. back to the same room, and nobody figured it out that they weren't part of the the cruise staff. So oh, that's yeah. hilarious! I love that. That sounds like a great activity. So fun, yeah. And I mean, it could be it it could be longer. That was my only complaint about it. Is they only give you like thirty five minutes to find as many people as you can. And wow, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Okay, so you've been on the Wonder, the Dream, the Fantasy, right? right. Yeah. Tell me which one is your favorite ship. You know, I love the Wonder. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's yeah. really a great ship, and and I love the size. Mm-hmm. Like, if only the rainforest was a little bigger, you know, yeah. an outside deck. Like, yeah, that's the only thing that would make it better. But, but the fact that the sauna is in the change rooms, so you you get that for free. Yeah, like, like that's included. I don't know. That that makes it. That's actually a, a win. So. I don't know. <laughs> 
because you don't you can basically kind of do your own rainforest experience without the as long as you don't mind missing the steam rooms right so yeah absolutely or the or the rain the different the actual showers actual but, I mean, the showers. showers but you the can use the regular and, showers yeah. in the locker room yeah all right bucket list cruise colin you've been on two bucket list cruises in a row here but tell us a, another you know something on your bucket list you haven't done yet and it doesn't even have to be someplace so, to disney cruise line currently sales it can yeah. be if you want but yeah where do you want to go my checklist includes like a panama canal crossing we're actually booked for the transatlantic crossing next year oh. uh, but my bucket list or or dream cruise would be around the world and honestly, like we're about three quarters of the way there by the time they put the adventure uh, online, right? So, yeah. you know, even if you had to change ships, just circumnavigating the world on Disney Cruise Line, that'd be fun. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, thank you for playing, Colin. You, of course, you won because you picked like most of my favorites, including Surface Pressure, including The Wonder. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of knocked it out of the park. You didn't uh, ask me about food. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I didn't ask you about food. Okay. I'm going to ask you two food questions. Yeah. A favorite sweet item and a favorite savory item. Give me a first, a favorite sweet item because savory is my favorite. We save the best for last. So I, this was the first cruise I got to try Mickey churro waffles. Yes. They actually did them every other day in cabanas. Oh my God. The whole cruise. And I'm pretty sure I had at least one each time they served them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that would be definitely my new favorite sweet item. Yeah. You know, we only recently tried them ourselves and we're obsessed mm. now as well. Okay. Favorite savory item. So I love pasta presets and I mm -hmm. still do, but the, they are vegetarian. The, I'm going to put are, a plug in yeah, there. They are vegetarian. Yeah. The, I don't know, a, a, an equal or, or a, like a honorable mention though, has to go to the porcini sachets, which are basically kind of yeah. the same thing, but actually kind of better. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. They're just a little bit different. They're yeah, really, you, only get, you well. only get those on the longer cruises, I guess. Right. So yeah, you can yeah. get them on seven night cruises. Seven it's on night. that all. Yeah. It's on that alternate the, animators the, menu. The B right? menu. Yeah. yeah. The B menu. Exactly. The two exactly. Menu, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing Colin. Now I, I know that you did, you did 10 days or 11 days in Australia, New Zealand following, yeah. and we don't have time on, on this show to, to talk about that. Although I'm, I'm sure it was incredible, but I wanted to just have a, a little understanding or maybe give our listeners a little bit of an understanding of, of how you, you booked, you know, your trip in Australia, New Zealand, because they know you did it with the help of a wonderful travel agent. So yeah. So Kimberly from uh, my path unwinding, I just told her, I said, I mean, first of all, it started with like, can we still get on Adventures by Disney? Because they did an Australia, New Zealand thing, right? And and the answer was they were booked up. They had a wait list going, but she's like, if you really want to do something, I can probably put something together for you. So I so I said, well, start with that. And like, and she, you know, she asked me like, what do we want to see? What are we like doing? You know, I told her my kids are really into zoos and animals and like, you know, that kind of thing. And so anyway, she put together this great itinerary for us. We did a, a few days in Sydney. Then we went to Cairns and Port Douglas up, up by the Great Barrier Reef. We snorkeled on the Great Barrier Reef. We got to swim with black tip reef sharks. That was cool. We held a koala. We, we then went, so after a few days there, we went to uh, New Zealand, to Auckland. We only really did the North Island of New Zealand, but we, we saw the thermal pools down in Rotorua. We saw the glowworm caves. We went to the the agrodome where they have like 15 different breeds of sheep or whatever. You can feed the sheep. Amazing. And 
and you see all these cool things. And yeah, it was just really cool. Lots of nature mm-hmm. stuff because that's what my kids like and we like too. And and good family activities, I guess. Yeah. Um, and your son, mother-in-law and sister-in-law were all able to join. Yeah. Them. So they, they ended up getting to Sydney a few days before us. Mm-hmm. My, my mother-in-law went to the doctor in Hawaii, got on Paxlovid. She was better after like three days. So yeah, Happy so they were able that. to they were able to have some fun in Hawaii and then go down to, to to Sydney and wait for us there and do some sightseeing there while they were while they were waiting. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I awesome. should sorry, one thing I was gonna talk about my my daughter, you know, the question about food we were talking about at the beginning, right? Because she was the big like every night was mac and cheese, right? Mm-hmm. But after about a week of that, she's like, okay, I'll try something new. So, you know, I'd 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 keep offering her stuff, right? Like, you know. You can order whatever you want. Take a look at the adult menu. Maybe there's yeah. something on the catch up. So she's so then on the second cruise, I think she actually had pasta presets every single night. Wow, I love I that. I didn't even know you could get them. I'd never asked for them when they aren't on the menu somewhere. But Same, our waiters, I have not. Our yeah. waiters got them for her every night. Like that was her dinner. So yeah, That's not that much different than mac and cheese, but like way upscale yeah, mac and cheese. Upscale mac and cheese. <laughs> I love it yeah. with truffles. All right. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Well, Colin, it sounds like an amazing cruise and an amazing time. And just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing it with all of our listeners out there. We really, really appreciate it. It was my absolute pleasure. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.